Hi there. Uh, part. This is part two of. This is continued from our first one. And just a quick apology. It's been no secret that we've had sound issues. <laughs> We're working on it. We, <laughs> we got mics, and then they didn't work, and then we got new mics, and we thought they were working, but really we were just charging them. <laughs> so this episode, we actually got the mics working, but then it sounds like we're eating the mics. We were a little bit too close. So we moved the mics further away, so hopefully this will be better sound. And now we're wearing them like belts. Yeah. Now mine looks like a phallus, and Tesha's got hers low. That's right. Low and inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Tesh, you want to take us into Travels with Tesh? Traveling with Tesh. Traveling yeah. with Tesh, sorry. Yeah, traveling with Tesh, that's okay. Um, well, this is just one of the many stories of the unfortunate stories that's happened while we travel. But this happened... Um, when Bennett was, let's see, I don't know what year this was, but Bennett was probably two. I think maybe it was in 2016 or 2017. Um, maybe 16. We were going on a cruise, which is one of our favorite things to do. And Tesh loves a cruise. Oh, I love a cruise. Yeah. I love a cruise. She's tried to talk me into them. I know. But, I know. Uh, but for obvious reasons, yeah. the hat mentioned in part one, I can't go we on a can't. cruise. Yeah. And the deep, dark sea. The deep, dark sea? Does that scare you? The deep, dark ocean? Well, I mean, I don't love it. <clears throat> but that doesn't scare you too much? Probably not, no. It's the movement that would make mm -hmm. you too sick. Right. Being trapped on a boat? Yeah. Um, I feel like you would be less sick from that than you think. Do you want me to tell you the hot story again? <laughs> <laughs> because faults. You're probably right. Remember the lazy river? Yes. The tiny lazy river that you were super sick in. Remember you can't even go down a water slide? Oh, no. Oh, except when you did and you rode Hudson... Like a oh, Should I tell that story? Yeah, I do. We went to St. George. Was that in St. George? No. Oh no, it wasn't in St. Yes, it was. Oh, see, I didn't go. Did I tell you? Did I tell you the story then? I thought it was. Oh, that's why you made me take him. Right. When we were in Clearfield. Correct. Okay. No, I don't. I didn't go because I was. Someone was sick. That's right. Okay. Well, me and Jenna and Kara took. Our one-year-olds on a trip to St. George for some effing reason. Why we didn't just leave the kids home and like go on a little girl's trip? Did you stay at a hotel? Was it a hotel then? No, it was a house. Okay. So we had these babies because... So Blakely was born in September of 2007, Lily in November of 2007, and then... Hudson in January 2008. So they're just like each like six weeks apart. So they were these tiny babies. Well, anyway, we were being these good moms. We were going to... We excited with the excited first babies. Excited with the first babies. And we took them to the pool. And at the last minute, I couldn't go because Connor was sick. Yeah, Connor was sick. Mm -hmm. Connor was born in March of 2008. Mm -hmm. So they're each 
Anyway. And I would have had two freaking kids. You would have had two Boo. kids. Boo. Boo to that. Ugh. And so, you know, we took them to, an, to the pool because what one-year-old doesn't love a pool and definitely know that it's different from just the tub that we could have shoved them in back at the yeah. house. Well, anyway, and I think I was pregnant with Ryder also during this time. Lucky. So I said I was going to take him down this water slide. Well, whilst going down the water slide somehow, he got underneath me <laughs> and then my fat ass rode him like a toboggan the rest of the way down the slide. <laughs> so... So Did the you next not time have the disability then? No, I had the I've always had the disability. But it wasn't as bad. I just wanted to be a good mom. Okay. And I was probably already sick from being pregnant, so I was like, so well, didn't what notice. difference does it make? Okay. So then the, that's where the next time I made you take him down because I thought you had a better chance of staying upright than I did. Okay. So anyway, and I got to go over and over and over. I'm sorry. With both of them. It's fine. Thank you for doing that. This it's is fine. why Ryder called you mom that one time. That's true. Because you're better, you're a better mom than me. That's true. Okay, so we went to, we were going on this cruise, and there were a freaking load of us. So many of us. And when we got to the airport, they had, of course, we had a nonstop flight. So there was my three kids, and then we had our nanny that was living with us at the time. And then my mom, I think, was with us. And Brandon and... So my brother-in-law and his wife and their two kids were already ahead of us. Like, they had already gone before us. But So we were meeting them there. We were going to get on the ship the next day. But we had a non-stop, so this wasn't going to be no... This is no problem, like, going to go to Florida. So um, we go to get we get this alert that our flight had been canceled naturally so and you know we have like only 8000 bags just full on canceled canceled okay so then we're trying to get how many of that is this is that 5 6 7 7 of us to florida by the morning before our ship leaves oh mhm cuz if you miss your ship you're screwed right you're in trouble okay so you know we so of course they got us and you know no more non-stop like you can just forget that so we went to Denver <laughs> to Dallas to oh, sounds so terrible Kansas City and then down to Florida. What? So don't were worry, you, not one or two stops. Were you stops. in a live no. game of Ticket to Ride? Seriously. What the hell? Yeah, three stops. <laughs> so only three stops is all. Okay. So when we get to Florida, three stops later and an entire 24 hours. We did get to go to, and when I say get to, I'm using air quotes, because we did get to go to, to a hotel in Dallas and got to sleep for like maybe three hours. Mm. So in the meantime, all of our bags, all 14,000 of our bags. Wait, hold on one second. Let me just ask you something. So you stayed, 
in Dallas. So we had, so there was just a layover in Dallas that was the longest. Oh, okay, okay. So like we went to, we went to Denver. It was probably like an hour or two layover. Then we went okay. to Dallas and it was like a longer layover. So you could rest for a minute. So we could rest for like, maybe okay. it was like a six hour layover. So we just went to a hotel. Okay. And like tried to get four minutes sleep. Okay. And, t and you could see through the door. Oh. Like. What? It was sh shady. So Ty sat You up. could sit, see through see, the door. Like, I mean, like it was like. Oh, like just real thin. Like somebody could have kicked it open. Like you could see, there was a gap is what oh, I Oh, mean. got it. Okay. So Ty was like staying, standing guard practically. Oh. And, um. That sounds amazing. I got four minutes sleep. Okay. I think. And then, so just, so just really quick, I want to share, since you're talking about Dallas and the wonderful experience that you had there, uh -huh. just because we've been talking so much about my motion sickness, we had to live over in Dallas when we flew to Mexico. Uh -huh. I think we're going to Puerto Vallarta. Mm -hmm. And I took a Dramamine because of my disability. And I think I might have taken two of them. Okay. And the next thing I know, I woke up on the floor of the airport. So... <laughs> either the only way to escape the motion sickness disability is to be dead ass unconscious okay I apologize so it's kind of like remember when Jenny took that I don't know if you heard the story but Jenny one time got on a got on an airplane and took an Ambien oh and woke up in the Netherlands <laughs> <laughs> but that's almost the way to do it I feel like I agree I mean did they Turner, so she didn't get a bed sore in her I seat. I know, like <laughs> and she was even in an aisle seat. She was oh. in that. She was in an exit seat where she would have had to help people out if there was an accident. It's good to know that she took that responsibility she seriously. She was worried sick about it. Okay, She'd I'm been sorry. Super worried about it. I'm sorry. So, um, so we made it to Florida, and as we were getting to Florida we realized that one of the bags was missing. Do you ever, do your bags ever arrive in the city where you were going? Practically no. Okay. And fortunately, okay, so unfortunately, fortunately it wasn't my bag. Okay. There I said it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, that would have been, I mean, the lady standing at the counter already saw me turn into a monster, an actual monster. But if it would have been my bag, I would have unleashed. <laughs> Plus, they would have, it, it would have never been, they would have never been able to replace right all the things right because it's hard it's hard to tell somebody listen i have four thousand dollars worth of products in there right so that you're going to need to replace immediately right, <laughs> right. so she so if anyway, it's like a kid's bag you're like you want to know what just give me a 25 dollars gift card to old navy and that'll right. cover it well uh, well this is the problem so of course the boys the boys bag the boys bag made it and then they went ahead and packed themselves an extra bag which i didn't know about oh and it had wait for it cowboy boots <laughs> some stuffed animals 
Mason had two belts. <laughs> two belts. And like a bun- and like maybe like a big extra minky. Oh my god. That ma- that made it. <laughs> that one made it. The essential items made it. But don't worry. Bennett's that had several minkies, his suit that I wanted for pictures. family pictures. Yes. Yes. All of his diapers. <laughs> literally everything I've ever wanted for pictures. For for anything, really. <laughs> Oh, his gosh. swim diapers, his swimsuits. You know, I'd taken the time. So don't worry. <laughs> so I find out that our that his bag was still in Dallas. Oh. And again, shout out to Dallas being the asshole of the union. Yeah, thank okay. you. Yeah. So she's like, well, I go, so it can't be here before we leave. No, it can't. Mm. So you guys can't catch it up to us in another on one of the islands no it will be here waiting for you when you get back and i go she goes but you can you know we'll so no you can't tether it to the leg of a seabird <laughs> get it no. out of our island no they will not find us <laughs> and i'm like she's like but you know because it was our fault because it was their fault mm-hmm. they didn't find it you know like they didn't get it to where it needed to be they would they would pay us a hundred dollars a day for each day that we were gone and she's like so when you get to your first stop you know you can replace it with all the things that you need but when you get to your first stop which would have been in mexico you can buy a whole bunch of you can buy all the things that you need there and then you know we'll pay you a hundred dollars a day or whatever and she's and i looked right at her and i go she goes so you can replace it with a bunch of stuff that you'll need and I go yeah a bunch of ugly shit <laughs> and she and nobody turns out a quality product like Mexico right <laughs> I was furious so like what so oh, I kid oh you not gosh. our first stop oh and let me mention one more minor detail there was the norovirus that had been rampant on the ship. Oh, there's always a fucking virus. There's always a virus. So they had these cute little shops on the place, in the place, but these cute little darling shops that I could have gotten something. Mm -hmm. But don't worry. These shops were closed Mm -hmm. for the entire time because the virus had spread spread at a rapid pace. Hmm. As they do. Yeah, and don't worry, I wasn't able to get any swim diapers, so he wasn't going to be able to swim for the first three days in the Caribbean in 80-degree weather. Wait, could you not have just thrown him in there anyway? Oh, I did. Okay, Don't good. worry. Good. I was the ocean, you know. Well, you know, they have, the, we, weren't, we weren't going to the ocean yet. Oh. But on the ship, they have, oh, they have pools. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. And right. they were like, he won't be able to swim because he doesn't have a swim diaper. And I'm like, but that isn't my fault. Right. You should have thought about that before you lost our, our luggage full of diapers. And then, and I go. So now you can go. She needs a swim diaper, and I'm like, mm. sorry. Sounds like a you problem. That's mm. correct. And yeah. you guys now have norovirus on this, and now you can't get me a swim diaper. Right. So. So they had to so find me diapers. E. coli. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yes. right. So E. coli for sure. So he didn't have a swimsuit. Oh yeah. So we just like threw 
Oh, and let me add, he had a shirt on that said straight out of timeout. <laughs> that was the shirt he traveled in and sweatpants. Ooh. And then I found one other outfit, thankfully, that I threw in at the last minute to some, some other travel thing. So the rest of the time he was just dressed like Tarzan? So he, well, you saw that one, remember? It's my favorite family picture. That's our family picture. He literally looks like a Chippendale. Please, please describe the picture. So our family is dressed in nice clothing because it's a dress-up dinner. I'm in a dress, Ty's in a suit, the boys are in suits. Bennett is literally wearing a bow tie and no shirt. And we're standing like in the grand staircase (laughs) and people were like stopping and staring at us and like pointing like, why is he shirt like, and he's like looking downtrodden and like closing his eyes. He's so ashamed. He's so ashamed. So in the first like three days of the trip, he like, we were just washing the clothes out in the sink and then hanging them up to dry on our balcony. But it was the Caribbean. It was like. 80% humidity yeah right right and he like basically had nothing to wear and so anyway we finally get to Mexico and they have like this place called like Mega Mart it was like a Walmart but they actually sold like like on one side of there was like crackers and like on the other side they like sold a four-wheeler oh like you could get like and cocaine yeah like pharmacy goods and like sand toys Hmm. And anything in between. Okay. So, like, you could get a roller suitcase, which we had to buy, sand toys, wipes, diapers, and we would throw in gummy bears. I mean, we got anything our heart desired at the expense of the airline. Right. So, we literally bought... And they were paying you in dollars. Correct. The airline was paying you in dollars, and you were paying for things in pesos, so you were making a killer bill. We actually were. And... So the other thing is, is they had the ugliest clothes you've ever seen in your entire life. And I had to buy scissors, you heard me, and make shorts. Oh. You heard me. Because they had the ugliest shit you've ever seen in your life. Make them out of what? Like gym, like gym pants, like sweat sh- sweat oh, pants. So you just cut up pants. Because apparently I, I'm like thinking you bought like a bolt of fabric and you were going <laughs> to knock together a pair of shorts. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. It was ridiculous. Like I bought him like a pair of like je- he got some jorts. Oh. <laughs> so that was cozy. That is cozy. <laughs> a nice pair of jorts and like these weird like just the stuff he got. I was like this is unreal. So, anyway, it was practically a nightmare. Um, The only thing that would have been worse is actually if it would have been my bag, like Mm -hmm. I said. Right. And then I would have, like, literally lit that place on fire. Right. And, like, what would I... And what would you have got to wear? Like, a multicolored muumuu? I I have no idea. I have absolutely no... Actually, I I bet it's... A floral top with some striped pants because they love like patterns are well and the other thing is is if it was one of the other boys they could have wore each other's clothes because they were oh, close right. enough right right but because it was him I was like I don't even know I was literally like gonna go ask somebody if we could like buy like borrow some clothes from like some little boy on the ship like I didn't know what to do right and of course 
it was like you know it was winter when we left here oh yeah so it was he was like wearing sweatpants and like <sighs> course anyway so when we get back so he had one minky the whole time which is of course now the minky he loves and it's not even soft but when we get back to the airport oh I'm sorry right before we left port they called us and told us that the suitcase was there but they couldn't bring it to us because so right before we had left on the ship for from the whole Florida, week from Florida. Florida for the whole week they called us the airport had received the suitcase it was there but they didn't have time to bring it to us before before um, the boat set sail so it was in Florida before we ever even left so it got to sit there for the whole week so um, so anyway when we got back you know after the whole week of being there we get we get back to the airport and all everything's just beautifully folded and perfect just like we left it of course oh, yeah. and then we go collect our money we go to collect our money and the guy the lady's like and you know it's late and she's like oh I'm, I'm sorry we're not gonna be able to cut you a check today because the these this receipt is in Spanish and Ty's like oh right my gosh yeah cuz that's where we went we went to Mexico oh my gosh Type it into Google Translate, you horse's ass. It isn't <laughs> like it's a code. I was like, well, what did you want? Them? It's not like it's encrypted. What, what did you want them to do? <laughs> That's what they speak there. Anyway, she just, the lady was like, no, I'm going to have to get this to my manager. And, then, and Ty's like, you're going to have a check for me before I leave here. So get it, get it figured out or get me cash. Oh my like you owe me money so get it figured out oh anyway gosh. we left there with the money well, that's good. I was like do you think they figured out that we bought like literally like crackers and candy and like sand toy we like literally bought everything <laughs> like scissors well yeah I had to literally like I had to like practically buy a sewing machine and well, a bolt right, of fabric you were briefly were, you worked as a seamstress I did while you were there Oh, anyway, so I found the pictures. I, I love that the suitcase full of stuffed animals made it, made the journey. And the belts, <laughs> and the cowboy boots. What was he wearing a belt with? Or cowboy boots? It's hot. Are you belting like and I was shorts? Like, that's the thing. Is that no, no, his Wranglers, of course. Oh, okay, yeah, I have a kid like that. Okay, because I'm with you. Make reasonable choices, right? Hudson acts like Wranglers are the most comfortable thing he's ever worn in his life. Yeah, and like it's a thousand degrees. Oh my gosh, De nothing breathes like denim on a hot summer day. <laughs> Remember, we've been there. Yeah, the fair. Remember the fair? August. Yeah. Nothing and flannel was in. Yeah, and nothing. Fucking flannel. Sorry, I've said the F word twice. Flannel was in. And nothing we breathes out. like flannel. Right. And, and denim. And direct sunlight. That's what in you're wearing in direct sunlight. And, and also, if you know anything about humidity, it feels like someone's holding a wet washcloth over your face. So right. get in the Caribbean right. with some boots and cowboy stuff. Right. <laughs> so when that, you should have seen that. Oh, oh, excuse me. I just kicked over my stomach. 
Oh no, Tesh. <laughs> oh, right here. So get it in the Caribbean. Immediately. Immediately. You should have seen that lady's face when I surprised her with. She goes, well, I guess you'll just have to buy it at your first stop. And I go, yeah, a bunch of ugly shit. And she was furious. Well, sounds like she was great to work with. So she probably deserved that. Seems like it. So like there was background noise from me moving with the mic in my crotch. All right. Well, that was great. That was a great story, Tash. All right. Moving on to the murder du jour. Another Utah murder. This is the Lafferty murders that took place in Salt Lake in 1984. It is the murders that were, that inspired the show Under the Banner of Heaven, if anybody's watched that. Um, real quick, we kind of discussed this at Poll Day a little bit, but I don't love our religion being depicted by people that aren't Mormon. Mm-hmm. And so that was probably the part that I struggled with watching. There's seven episodes of it. I watched it, but I pulled information from other places because there's stuff in the in the show that isn't accurate. So there were, that was probably what bothered me about that watching that mm-hmm. because they there's parts of the temple ceremony in there. There's like just you know I get like people think we're weird. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like that they don't have respect for things that are sacred to other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like our religion, for some reason, falls victim to that more. Always. They wouldn't go in, like, a mosque and... You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that and I'm just feeling extra sensitive because it's my religion. But if it's sacred to somebody, maybe show a little bit of respect. And I guess they weren't really mocking it, I guess. But I don't know. So Well, it it's like... I feel like it's come under a lot of, I just feel like there's like a lot of shows about it right now. There is. Don't you're right. Think? It's kind of a trend. Yeah. And people are curious. I yeah. think that people aren't, that aren't Mormon are curious about things. So the other thing is it talks a lot about, it kind of focus, it, it focuses a lot about sexism in the church, mm-hmm. which is real. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah. Just going to say it. It's yeah. real. So that was um, accurate, I think. Um, well, anyway, so we'll just, I'll just start us right off here. So this is, well, and, oh, sorry. and also like, um, I think that like, cause I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of, well, I, I mean, not that, like I watched some of that show mm-hmm. and, um, what I felt like too is just like some of the stuff that they in that family like how they treated the women mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. but um and I don't know how you feel but I feel like a lot of it just like that sexism stuff um is all about like kind of like men are in charge and like women are too kind of be seen and not heard almost you know like that but I think and also because they hold the priesthood you know like there's the priesthood and that's like so amazing and great Mm -hmm. but I don't know like as a woman I don't feel like I'm any less 
because I don't hold it. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. anyway, like, I know that some people feel like they, that women need to hold the priesthood, but we do. We, I mean, we have our own stuff that we do. Right. You know? And right. so I feel like, and so I feel like when people in our church feel like they're, we're not having the same all the same stuff and they're like wanting to do these rallies and whatever it's like calm down calm her down well there are churches where women can hold the priesthood right so instead of expecting our church to change maybe just join one of them another yeah exactly that better fits what you're wanting from a religion right because you're not going to get a religion to conform to your personal that's needs. the thing it's not going to change. It's not. And my feeling about it is, I kind of feel like women can do anything men can do pretty much better, and for 75% of the money. So I kind of feel like men having the priesthood is the only thing that really levels the playing field, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. But that's just my personal opinion. Don't at me. Anyway. So, and sexism is real within the church. I think there's kind of like an undertone, maybe not so much now, but definitely back in the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s. Super glad I had no part of that decade. But there's kind of this underlying, in order to be a faithful member of the church, you need to be obedient and subservient to the priesthood holder in your home. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and that's going to come up several times during, during this murder. So, this is the murder of Brenda Lafferty and her 15-month-old daughter, Erica. So, this is about the Lafferty family. They were dubbed the Kennedys of Utah. I've never heard of them. So, I don't know. You can't just, throw, you don't just get to compare yourself to Kennedys. No. Anyway. So Brenda was married, Brenda married Alan Lafferty. Brenda was from Idaho. And it talks about in the under the banner of heaven that her that her family was liberal Mormon, which I don't think I wouldn't call them liberal Mormon. I would say they were probably just more modern, had more modern beliefs at that time mm. than other people mm -hmm. did. Okay. So they, she was very outspoken, very ambitious. Her family was very supportive of her. She had career goals. She was very opinionated. Oh, I remember this part, She was yes. very strong, uh -huh. strong-willed, etc. So she marries Alan Lafferty. And at this time, Alan Lafferty is their LDS. So they get married in the temple, all this. Well, what kind of happens is his brothers, and I'm mostly just going to talk about Dan and Ron, but they're, because they're kind of the key players here, mm -hmm. but they have a bunch of brothers. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm not going to mention them. Yeah. So anyway, so what kind of is happening on the, um, in the parallel universe here is that Ron and Dan are kind of starting to go apostate. Right. And they're starting to adopt some of the more fundamental teachings, fundamentalist teachings. And... In Under the Banner of Heaven, they made um, the lead investigator that's played by Andrew Garfield, they made him Mormon. And I think that they tried to do that so that they could show the difference between what Ron and Dan were doing versus what what um, 
Detective Peary believed. But sometimes, instead of drawing part, instead of drawing like the, the differences, they were drawing like kind of the similarities, which also wrote to me a little bit the wrong way. But anyway, so what's happening is Ron and Dan are thinking that they're the one true prophet. And they're adopting the fundamentalist views, which are not Mormon. We always get associated with always. polygamy. It's so annoying. Polygamy was banned in 1847, I think. I'm not exactly sure about that date, but it was banned. It's That's not us. Stop. It's not us. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So they're encouraging Alan to join them in this. And Brenda's obviously disagreeing with their views, disagreeing with them. They keep trying to encourage Alan to kind of get control of his woman, whatever. She has all these career ambitions. And things kind of come to a little bit of a head when he decides that he's going to disown his family and then just have a family with Brenda and then that will be kind of replace his family with his own family, right? Like his siblings with his own family. So that maybe works for a minute. But Ron and Ellen keep kind of trying to draw him back in to their to their whole thing that they've got going. So Dan is married to a woman named Matilda, a Scottish woman. She had two daughters before they got married and then they had four kids together. Okay, so there's that family. I kept getting them mixed up in the show because once they start growing beards, they all look the same to mm -hmm. me for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then Ron was married to Diana and they had six kids. So it mentioned that they were both really, really good to their wives, really kind to them. It even said like Ron treated Diana like a queen. But then the further they got into these fundamental things, the more they started trying to control them, being abusive, all these things. So what happens is Brenda kind of tries to start, she kind of starts working on Diane a little bit and is like kind of helping her, trying to kind of keep her out of getting sucked into this whole lifestyle. And then, but Matilda, so the way that Dan proposes polygamy to Matilda is he says, I want to marry one of your daughters. And so she's like, well, I didn't know what to do. It was either leave my kids or go along with it. Kind of seems like there might be a third option there, but mm -hmm. no judgment, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, she probably didn't have a lot of options because she definitely wouldn't have been able to provide for her family. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Especially mm -hmm. if she was in this situation where she's not allowed to have any any kind of career or anything like that, right? But eventually he decides that he's not going to marry her daughter. He marries this other lady. So he's got two wives. So Brenda keeps working on Diana. The situation with her and Alan is becoming more and more hostile. He's becoming verbally abusive. He's, you know, kind of kind of stuck between his brothers and his wife etc. It's causing all these marital problems. And so what ends up happening is Diana ends up leaving Ron. And so then he gets, he really loses it after that. She takes the kids and leaves. He doesn't know where she is. 
she communicated with Brenda, but she didn't put any return address or anything on the letters that she was sending her so that Ron couldn't find her. So Ron becomes more and more obsessed with this whole blood atonement thing. And this is kind of when they start pulling in all of the traditional LDS beliefs with the fundamentalist and kind of try to compare them. So he starts seeing that there needs to be a blood atonement, that she's, she's obviously become a threat to him, and the only way to solve this whole thing is with a blood atonement kind of a thing. Oh, P.S. Ron and Dan were excommunicated from the Mormon church because of their extremist views. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And Dan was very, very outspoken. I think at some time he ran for, he ran for some sort of political office. Um, and they just, they don't want to adhere to any laws. They don't, so they're kind of these lawless whatevers. And they start this like kind of splinter group called the School of Prophets. And that's what they're trying to get Alan to do. So once Diana leaves, Ron really loses it. So he decides that that somebody needs to pay with a blood atonement. And so he puts together a list. Brenda's on it, and the bishop and the stake president that are that excommunicated them are on it. And um dang, there was just something I was gonna say. Anyway, so he they go so they go to um they get two of their friends i can't remember their friends names some random pieces of shit whatever and they drive to the home of of the alan and brenda lafferty and they strangle brenda with a vacuum cord and slit her throat and then they slit the throat of the baby and then they leave. And the plan was originally to go to the bishop's house and to go to the state president's house. And they made it to one of their homes, but they weren't home. And then they got lost on the way to the other home. And so they kind of jumped ship on that whole plan. So lucky, those people are lucky. Um, so Alan comes home and finds all of this. And he immediately knows that it's his brothers that have done it. So they kind of, they go on the run and they go to Vegas. And so they were apprehended in Vegas at Circus Circus. Remember that shit show? I hate that place. <laughs> I do. They showed it on the show as like a casino, but for some reason in my head, I, I pictured like a big top circus and they like it's went in and... It's like they were watching a lion tamer and then they got arrested. I don't know. No, it was like the place to be in the eighties. Yeah, it was. Remember, it was pink. It was like, like it's garbage. <laughs> it's the worst. Well, garbage. So that stands to reason. So they were apprehended. These murders, um, incidentally, happened on July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four, which we know is Pioneer Day. Um. And so after they were arrested, um, Gordon B. Hinckley issued a statement. Now, let's see, who, who would he have been in the 80s? I forgot to look this up. Would he have been the first counselor um, in the 80s? 
What 80, year was it? 84 would have been Kimball, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, was he first counselor then? Um, let's see. In 1984? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he issued this quote that said, That the, bro- that the brothers have no connection to us whatsoever. There actually are no Mormon fundamentalists, which I thought was a great quote. Um, five days before the trial, Dan Lafferty tried to, oh no, Ron tried to attempt suicide. He was down for 15 minutes, it took them 15 minutes to revive him, and he was in a coma for two days but then declared uh, mentally competent to stand trial anyway, and so he went to trial. Dan attempted to defend himself at trial. Why do people do this? Ted Bundy did this too. Well, actually, but I think Ted Bundy was actually studying to be a lawyer, so it was a little bit different. This dude is just like some random moron that tried to defend himself. Anyway, he was found guilty. Dan was found guilty, but he avoided the death penalty because one jury, one juror held out. And this was uh-uh. because, this is because he had been flirting with her. Uh-uh. So she held out and spared him the death penalty. Oh my gosh. Um, Ron was given the death penalty, um, and then they were sent off to jail. And Ron actually attacked Dan in jail, and they had to be put in separate cells. And then somehow, Ron attacked him again and got a towel around his neck from a different cell. I'm not really sure how that happened. In the show, it shows that he attacked him right before they were arrested at Circus Circus in the bathroom, but that's not really what happened. Um, Ron died of natural causes after 34 years in prison. His attorney said that he was neglected and received poor treatment in jail. Boo-hoo. No one gives right. shit. Mm-hmm. And But his mental issues should have been treated as such, probably insinuating that he either should have been declared mentally competent to stand trial or he should have been given time at the state hospital rather than prison time. Um, Dan is still currently serving his life sentence. This is really interesting. He was communicating with a woman named Christy Slack. Do you remember who Christy Slack is? Mm-mm. He was communicating with a woman named Christy Slack. Who is she was related to us? Probably. <laughs> should have done that genealogy mm-hmm. before I ponied up this mm-hmm. episode. But anyway, she... Uh, was mentally ill. She was a recovering drug addict. Her husband was a heroin addict. They had four kids. And in 2015, so, sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So he's communicating with her and she has all these suicidal ideations and he nurtures those in her. And what she ends up doing is killing her three kids and her and her husband in 2015. Do you remember this? They poisoned them all. And then her husband overdosed on heroin and she took a bunch of drugs. And their 18-year-old son, that for some reason was not included in this, came home and found them all dead. Three kids in the hub. Do you remember? It was in 2015. September 27, 2015. I, I didn't remember it by name, but then when I looked at the picture, I remembered what happened. <clears throat> And they, they were, tr- and the kid, one of the kids had written a suicide note. So it was like they had, it was a suicide pact that they had all made. These tiny kids. It's kind of familiar, but where was it? In Salt Lake. Oh my gosh. 
Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So, that is the story of the Lafferty murders. Good grief. Right? Is that a feel-good story? That is a feel-good story. I mean, they always are, but thank you. I'll have to look that thank up. Thank you, Utah. That Christie's Yeah, slide. look it up. I will. Maybe we'll do a separate I just tried to look up pod. the whole Hinkley thing in 1984. Mm-hmm. It just talks about Kimball's death in 1985, and that's when Ezra Taft Benson became the president of the church, uh-huh. and he named Hinkley as the first counselor. I think he was the first counselor for Kimball, too. He, so was, it's, he was the first counselor for a long time, and then Kimball was sickly... And Taft got sick at the end, and then Hunter was sick almost the entire time he yeah, was prophet. And then he, yeah. So he was basically the acting prophet for a lot of so it says, a lot of years. Yeah, it does say Spencer Kimball appointed Hinckley as a counselor in the first presidency. After first counselor died in nineteen eighty two, he did not appoint a new counselor. So I guess he just stayed in. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hinckley was the only publicly active member of the first presidency. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, after after Spencer W. Kimball died, it looks like um, then Ezra Taft Benson. So after Kimball's death in November 1985, Ezra Taft Benson became the president of the church. And then Hinckley was the first counselor. And Thomas S. Monson was the second. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for looking at that So anyway, all right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.